You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello and welcome back to the Horny Housewife Podcast. I'm I'm so ready to record today for some reason. Maybe it was the Celsius. Maybe it was the Orange Theory. Maybe it was the Weed Pin. Maybe it was all three. Maybe it was all three. So she's here, and the one the, I have to talk about this. Okay, I just I wanted to just go right into the flow of things. If you're new here, hi. This is the Horny Housewife Podcast, where we talk all things sex and marriage, the realities, the woes, the good, the bad, the perspective, the fun, the spicy, the not so spicy. So stick around. And today we're talking about buttholes, not butt sex, not anal sex, but buttholes. So for some reason, those episodes always slap. So let's slap away. But before we do that, I want to talk about the aliens because I feel like I'm in the Truman Show. I feel like I disassociate at times. I feel like it feels funky. Something feels funky. And I'm just going to say this. I feel like I always believed in aliens for the most part. I always, I, I never thought this, like we were just the highest form of intelligence. I never thought that, but it's kind of like when, now that it's been just kind of dropped, it's kind of like when the person who told me, I don't believe them. So I'm like, now I'm questioning everything. But no, really, I'm just like, okay, the story's got to be fucked up. Like, why? Why? Why now? Why now? There's got to be a a plan, a bigger picture. Everything's done intentionally. Okay, this is not this kind of podcast. We need to slow her down. We need to slow her down. But I have just been like, holy shiitake mushroom balls. I will say this. If there's any aliens listening to me right now, I think y'all are super, super cool. If y'all look super, super scary, I mean, do we look scary to y'all? And if so, my heart rate may go up out of fear, but I don't want to be afraid of you. I want to, I come in peace, down to be homies. (laughs) I love everybody and I just want to give love, give love and receive love, peace, love and happiness. And also what does alien sex look and feel like? Because I'm curious. But no, all jokes aside, I have like seven, 75 theories and like I'm putting myself in all of the shoes and asking, you know, maybe this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. Like she's gone down a dark hole. I've spiraled, honestly. And I'm just waiting for some hologram in the sky and me to be running around like a madman. It's not real. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but... This is weird. It's fucking weird. Will the podcast still be uploading? Yes, they will continue to come out every Monday, regardless of what's going on in the world, as long as we have Wi-Fi. Moving onward. Moving onward. I mentioned buttholes, brown starfish, your anus, your asshole, your booty, whatever you want to call it, okay? We're not talking about the P to the A. 
we are talking about all the other ways to play. That was a rhyme, and I didn't do that on purpose. Because there are some people who don't like anal sex, or they just, maybe they're okay with it, they're okay to have it every now and then, or they even enjoy it once a blue moon. But it's not something that they're always incorporating. It's maybe a special occasion for them. But they like anal stimulation, or maybe they haven't even considered that. Maybe she's she or he, they're like, we view it as it's open for shop, it's closed for shop. I think you could find some middle ground with some communicative boundaries. Did I say that right? Maybe you're new to the anal play world and you're like, how does that even happen? It just seems all uncomfortable. Baby girl or sir, let me tell you that there are many pleasurable ways to hang out back there without it causing stress. And if it's done properly, if you're doing this the right way, there is a right way, it should be a non-painful experience. You can work your way to a totally different reality down there if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Before we dive into today's episode, starting off with listener questions per usual, and y'all are going to relate to these. Like Even when I read these and they're anonymous, I'm like, I can feel this man's desperation or plea or cry for help. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And before we do, I want to tell you that tomorrow... August 1, 8 a.m. Merch launches. I am so excited. I made a blog post. I am like trying so hard to just look, not just word vomit. Everything that went into this journey process. And I'm so appreciative. I had a lot of decisions to make. Like, who was going to design the graphics? Where was I going to get the clothes? What kind of clothes was I going to get? I'm so fortunate that I had such a nice listener who helped me and had relationships with people because he makes merchandise and was able to teach me things that I would have not even known how to ask these questions. So I was so fortunate and I'm working with a great screen printing company that I feel like I can further print my merchandise because more is going to come out, baby. More is going to come out. And I'm just so excited. It's going to be me like shipping and handling. Okay. I'm handling and I'm shipping. I'm not the one driving the truck, bringing it to your door, but I'm doing it all. And I'm so excited. And I will be restocking the Listen to Mommy hoodies. I will not be restocking the mildly toxic crop tops. There's going to be a long sleeve cover art tee for the fall. It's so sick. And you're going to be able to shop the merch at thhmerch.com. That site won't go live until August 1st, but it will at 8 a.m. And run and get your size. I have pics. If you're like, what does this look like on? You'll see pictures. I did a whole photo shoot. It looks fucking sick. Go to my website, thehornyhousewifepodcast.com. You'll see a little icon in the right shop merch that'll take you to the merch or just go thhmerch.com. And I can't wait to expand the catalog, but we're starting here. And it's been a fun journey and I'm so 
proud is what I am. I'm so excited for you to see it, feel it, and go, damn, she really did fucking try. Your support means so, so, so much to me, and making this really came from my heart, and I'm being emo now, and I love you. Be a mildly toxic bitch and get yourself a buttery, soft, flowy crop top, and men, women, get your listen to mommy hoodie, and if they do run out, which they're gonna run out, abundant mindset, I will be restocking, so just follow me on social media and stay in the loop, and I will keep you in the know about the next restock date, so tomorrow, 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 8 a.m., listen to mommy and get you some merch. It's your favorite part of the show. La 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 la. Listener questions. Question number one. It's about dick size. We always circle back to the dick size. It's been a while. It's been a while. So I was like, let's do it. Can you talk about penis size? I can. Specifically, what's big, what's small, what's normal in a relationship where I'm being told I'm too big and it's affecting our sex life as we rarely do it and oftentimes I can only get the tip in and then told to stop. Help, please. Okay, just because I brought up this is a big dick person asking, I am not going to not talk about the little dicks. I say let's because it just leaves... A lot of men longing for more answers in regards to this topic if I don't bring up the truth. Should I just say it like as if I was talking to my closest, dearest friend what my opinion, this is my opinion, 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 not fact, opinion on the matter. I would say penis size matters when it needs to matter or when it's like, negatively impacting, affecting your sex life. You're like, well, this seems to be a size issue. Then, you know, I, I guess size matters. And I think that there's a lot of people that are like, it doesn't matter. It just matters how you work it. Because generally speaking, there's a lot of people that fall in that spectrum of like average and then above average and that being a range, and then below average, and that being a range. And for some reason, those guys in the below average, I swear to God, they eat pussy so much better. For some reason, <laughs> I swear, they're the best pussy eaters. I think they really had to make up for what they were lacking. She, I'm just being a truth teller today. And I'm sure, I know, I know there's always exceptions to any general statement that there is some eight foot man that eats pussy like an Olympic pussy eating man. So you don't need to let me know. I know. But I think that we need to save space for the people that are like, well, I'm in the way, way below or the way, way above there. I get people writing in that tell me they have a really big dick and it's not really fun for them in the bedroom because there's so many no's or there's so many like this is uncomfortable. You want her to be experiencing pleasure and enjoy it. So you fucking better get good with your mouth and your hands and maneuvering the toys. And I think you just have to work with what you got and choose your perspective Truly, I'm going to talk about that a lot in today's episode because it's everything. And I'll, I'll 
like I said, we'll go deeper on that later, but choose your attitude because you're stuck with it. So I don't know if there's like a penis shrinkage surgery sounds scary and risky and non-existent currently. I also think you could take this opportunity to connect so much deeper with your partner by going on like a little journey of how you can get her comfortable. What's wor- What works? I am curious, is she the only woman that you've ever been with that's complained about that's complained about this or is this a common complaint and obviously I'm sure there are girls that can take this sounds so foul for some reason but they can take a bigger dick better than others (laughs) and I'm sure that's just a true statement right right now of course you would not want to break up with your significant other because there are women who could do something better in the bedroom no that's shallow, that's horrible. And these skills can be learned. So I think it's about having a partner who's willing and a trooper. And I know some girls in their head are like, I do not want this man's giant dick to wreck my vagina. So you better have a lot of money to be able to fix it if you're going to break it. I'm also sure that during your journey, you will discover positions that maybe are more in your favor, that there are some positions positions that are a no-no, painful, and again, you're having to deal with what God gave you. And for the small penis men, for some reason, I feel like you have more options like adding on to your dick, cock sleeve, a lengthening. Like There's devices for the small dickies out there. This is zero sugar coating, zero sugar coating. This is what we need. Okay, so y'all have more options. So I've heard, so I've read. So get to exploring. I'm realizing now that the actual question is what is small and what's normal and what's big? I think that that answer is going to vary person to person. Just like I said about some girls being able to rock it out in different ways. So I guess to them, maybe it's not as big as to someone who's like, holy shit, that looks like a tree trunk, and I am scared. So, and I'm sure there's dicks that scare everybody. And before the men act all butthurt about this very, very vulgar <laughs> conversation, what do y'all talk about in the men's locker room when y'all are talking about tits and pussies and oh, women's bodies that y'all talk about? I'm sure in such a foul way. Maybe I'm generalizing, but I bet you, maybe it was before you were married, maybe you're just way past that, but I bet you there was some point in your life when you heard or partook in a conversation completely objectifying and discussing the size of her tits or what her pussy looked like, or what her ass looked like, or what her body looked like, whatever. So don't even come for me, don't even come for me. But, but, to also empathize, women have the ability, which I know some of them are, some of us women are not for surgeries. We don't want to do that. We have no interest, but there are the options, like surgical options to change fucking everything. It seems like now (laughs) everything and your penis size. Yeah, it's a a little more permanent. It's seems like a bigger ordeal. Further lengths you would have to go to, to add to the length, if you get what I'm saying. And I don't think you can make one smaller. 
I do believe and think that there is a person out there for you and you will go on a sexual journey and learn each other's bodies and find what works. So don't feel hopeless or you're going to feel hopeless. So landing this plane so we can move on. I think the size would vary, but I can tell you what normal is according to statistics or going to Google it, Google it. And it's like five inches. Okay. Give or take five 4.8. 4.8. I don't know. Google it yourself. You have access to this information. And that would be considered normal. And then anything below that would be below average. And then anything above that would be above average. And if you're quite far away from above average or average, then obviously you have a monster cock. And I guess that's a bittersweet thing. And I wish you well. Okay. Question number two. Question number two, and this is like such a good one for the ladies because we just relate. Okay. Hi, husband and I have a great sex life. We do it like three or four times a week. That's a lot. That's a lot of sex in my opinion. And especially if you're married and you're doing that, that's a consistent active sex life. The act itself is always great, but I'm getting a little bored of the foreplay. It just feels routine and blah. Is there any way to spice it up? I'm missing the passionate lead up to sex. Do you want to know what this made me think of just as I was reading it aloud for the first time? Was that there were relationships I was in where we had sex basically every single day. Maybe there were like two times when maybe someone was out of town or it was an every other day thing, but we had sex every single day. And I would not say to you that it was this passionate, awesome sex. I think it got routine. It got habitual. It got, it became a part of our day to day. Like that was just what's included. And like, he was probably an insatiable person. I was an insatiable person. We were kind of like very, both very sexual people. And so I think it was just easy for us and we both wanted to get off. <laughs> it That is not the relationship I'm in currently. But the point is, is that anything that becomes routine or predictable, you know what's going to happen. This is like, you know, you'd be with someone so long, you kind of know what to expect, what they like, what they're into, how it normally goes. And unless you're being intentional, unless you're having sometimes annoying for one person conversation or uncomfortable or it feels like it's nagging to one person or one person feels very like vulnerable and on defense, whatever. Maybe it's not your favorite combo, but if you don't have those, how the fuck are things supposed to change and get better? And second of all, bringing this up is I learned in the relationship I had after this one that not having sex in that way, <laughs> like maybe spacing it out a little bit intentionally or filling up your day with different things or accepting like intentionally putting some time apart to maybe be more intentional in your flirting and dating one another and connecting in non-sexual ways. It'll be like a little homework assignment for you. I remember there were times when I would be like, we can't do it for this long for whatever reason. And it's like, you want to fucking rip each other's clothes off. And now I don't feel in that season. I feel like it's a season of like stress and tired and parenting <laughs> and my husband giving 80% to work. And that's the season we're in. And 
I think it's my rule to support that, not to feel like a victim of the season. Sometimes I can feel down and sad, but I can also be mature and see it for what it is and realize that it is not permanent. As long as I'm on the same page and we're communicating about what needs to happen, we're planning date nights, we're planning to connect, we're having sex, we keep watering our marriage, I know we will carry through that season. And I just got so into that answer. But I think a lot of people feel so hopeless and can let their feelings just drown them. And I've done that before too. So I'm not a stranger to that. And sometimes it's easier to get in the what is, what do I not have that I want than the I'm so grateful for what I do have. So choose the perspective of gratitude. And I want you to think of all the good things about your relationship. Cause I just saw a lot in just this little tiny question you asked me, but I think spicing it up could actually just creating a little bit more intentionality. What is something that you normally don't do? What are you like in the bedroom 80% of the time? maybe getting out of your comfort zone and doing something like getting some crotchless panties and some sexy lingerie and cook dinner first in that, or you're like, no, bitch, I've got kids. That's weird. When y'all turn down for the night, when you go do your little skincare routine, come out in the lingerie instead of your nightgown. When y'all are watching a movie, insist on sucking his dick and not getting on top, like not riding him, like you want to give him a blowjob and he can eat you out after. So I'm not saying ignore your needs, but maybe spicing it up in the way and not letting it go how it normally goes. If it's always A, then to B, then to C, then we fuck and then we climb. It's like the same story. Maybe it could be different. Maybe it could be mutual masturbation. Maybe it could be no kissing or only kissing for 10 minutes or 69ing something just different that you're excited for, that you're looking forward to, that you're nervous about. Maybe watch porn together. There's a lot of ideas for y'all, and it does sound like you have something good to work with. So I will say before we move on that I don't even think you're at the place where you have to go say something to him and be like, I really wanted to be more passionate and like this. I think you could try some things on your own, experimenting with the things, like I said, listed just a moment ago, because I don't want it to get in his head. So I think that there are some people like men want to fix things or make it right and they don't know what they're doing and it can even take away and be counterproductive, like doing the opposite of what you were trying to add to your relationship. So timing and delivery, I say, is really important. I don't think this is the right timing. I think if y'all weren't having sex, like it was kind of getting stale and you're barely getting in once every two weeks, then it's time to talk about it and be intentional in that way. So you're both on board. But I think you could be a little mildly toxic and play some games and be mysterious and zest it up, try yourself and see if he catches on and plays back. Was this really toxic at first? Try it. Give it a whirl. Let me know how it goes. And, you know, you could always say, fuck that, Jordan. That was mildly toxic, you little bitch. On to the next. Here we go. So my wife and I have been married for 20 years and we have three kids. She's a badass in every aspect except for the bedroom. Don't get me wrong. She was awesome there pre-kids. 
Then after having twins, she really lost her drive, but was still making some time for sex. Well, after some tests and trying to figure things out, she had to have a hysterectomy for health reasons that absolutely crushed her libido. Now we have sex maybe once every two months. I'm trying everything I can. I pursue her, date her, be there for her and communicate with her. She is on HRT and it's not giving her libido back. Doctor says she needs to force herself back into the swing of things, but that isn't working, especially when there is nothing in your body that gives that feeling of wanting sex. For context, I have an above average libido and constantly getting rejected is frustrating and depressing. I'm not by any means giving up on her. I just want her back in the worst way. Any thoughts or ideas would be greatly appreciated. Okay, well, I really sympathize for him and... Just like anyone that's the high drive spouse that's dealing with the mismatch libido, that's already so like defeating and crushing. And it's, they feel like they're the bad guy sometimes or like they can't live up to your standards. So you're like, oh no, I'm making them feel like they can't ever please me, which that sucks. And you don't want to make someone feel like that. But then at the same time, you're feeling so misunderstood and like you get the short straw every fucking time so it's tricky 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 and there's so many different factors involved like what you just explained that there's a whole story and how could you not you know save space for her and be like you know holy shit she didn't ask to fucking you know go through like normally bodily functions or ones that happened earlier than she thought whatever her body feels asexual clearly she does not have a drive for sex but she has a mind she's probably not stupid and I think it comes down to choice and perspective and having an uncomfortable conversation which I'm sure you've had conversations with her but I mean that's the best advice I got because I don't know how she feels. She knows how she feels. And I think it would be a conversation where you're telling her explicitly how you feel. And you could even ask beforehand, say, I want to understand you better. I want to know what's going on in your head. I want to know what's not going on in your head. And this isn't about me getting my nut. This is about me and my wife. This is about me and my wife's intimacy, our sex life that I do give a shit about as a male. And I'm not turning outside of you. I'm so in, I'm so in love with you, like stroke the ego, make her feel good, make her feel seen, make her feel safe in that space and go, I need to, like I'm look her dead in the fucking eye and you tell her I need to understand more and I need to tell you how I feel and I need you to hear it. And as a woman, I would hope she can fucking hear when someone's saying, I need Blanco, okay? And then hear what she has to say and let her say her whole piece. And I would hope that, you know, you've been married this long and you sound like you really love your wife and are committed so that it sounds like you would have a conversation that I would hope where each person respected how the other one felt and was solution-minded, oriented. And maybe you have to say, I need us to be working towards a solution, whether that's two nights a month, we have a date night where we 
spend the night out, or go to a hotel, or it's something that is planned for y'all where you can have an erotic play date, play space. And if that's in your home, great. But where you have to be intentional and maybe she's going through her own little struggles and I hope she can be vulnerable with you. Maybe she doesn't feel sexy. Maybe she doesn't feel attractive or like her pussy gets wet anymore the way it used to. So reminding her that you're a safe space and you signed up for forever and ever, amen, that that's you being here showing up saying, I don't know, can't read your mind. You got to tell me because we deserve to have a sex life. Whether she feels it or not, she's worthy of pleasure. And I don't even think she knows she's missing out because she doesn't have that desire. And so asking her to remind her of what she can also have added to her life and that you would be just more than eager to learn how to give her pleasure in a way that she receives it well. So you are a willing student here. And the more sex you have, the more you're going to want the sex. Just like when they say to guys, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's a fucking muscle. Like you got to fucking use that shit or it's going to shrivel up and die. So ladies, you got to use your pussy. You got to work the pussy or it's going to dry and shrivel up like the Sahara Desert. That's why I say masturbation is so good for you. She needs to fucking masturbate. And you said it was there before kids. So I believe it can exist again. When guys are like, my wife's been approved forever and ever. And I thought like she would change or open up or we'd get more vulnerable and she could tell me what she's into. And it never happened. It's like, well, I mean, should have saw it for face value. You're the one that counted your chickens before they hatched. And there was never any fucking eggs in the basket. Okay. But this is different. I think... There is hope for you. I'm holding on to hope for you, but it's going to take like a come to Jesus conversation to start getting solution oriented. And I think for you, that's probably where it starts. And when you get the opportunity for those date nights, and maybe you need to start it off with a date night to set the tone and it be a date night where you are showing her love in the way she likes to feel loved, exercising her love languages. Does she know about the love languages? Maybe like you could... Take a little quiz. She learned yours and you'll be like, physical touch, my dick. And she can tell you hers. But truthfully, I do wish you two the best. Okay, last but certainly not motherfucking least. A few months ago, I discovered that my husband of four years was watching porn to warm up for playtime. At first, I didn't mind because by the time I got in bed, he would be rock hard and we would have wild sex always satisfied. But recently I found out that he mostly watches bisexual porn where the guys suck and fuck each other and the girl a second fiddle. Now I wonder if he's gay or might try to bring a guy home sometime. Looking back, I think he's been spending more evenings with friends. He doesn't know. I know. Should I confront him? Should I wait for him to do or say something? Should I worry he might bring some infection home? Help. Okay. Well, I'm going to shoot you straight like a sister, but you're not going to wait for him to say something because you will be dead, sweetie. He's not going to say something. I mean, you could be waiting for a really long time unless you want to like screenshot the evidence and text it to him and then wait for him to say something because I'm sure (laughs) he'll be gathering his thoughts to tell you something, but... 
I mean, you want to hear what my bitch ass would do? (laughs) I'd probably tell him. I would confront him and be like, hmm, wait, what advice would I give? Because I would do something fucked up probably. So let's try to give advice because I give way better advice. And I should start taking my own advice because I don't think it's that bad. I think you should say you want to watch porn together next time. (laughs) You want to fuck and then put on that exact fucking video. I'm just kidding. That was was mildly toxic and passive aggressive. And watch the blood drain from his face. No, I think that if you actually wanted to be a safe space for him and be like, I want to, I want him to feel comfortable. Are you judging this hardcore? Are you freaking the fuck out? If that's something that disgusts you, aches you out, and you're worried, then like you need to confront him and it needs to just be like you finding out information and being like, so I saw this and this makes me feel this type of way. And so I'm just curious because I went, you know, I asked myself all these questions and went down a rabbit hole and now I'm all in my head and I just want to know but maybe you're like you know what like I don't mind that he was watching porn and maybe I'm overreading it maybe it's just something that's so like taboo to him and so forbidden fruit to him you know you can't really get a grasp by the porn they're watching there are things I've seen on porn that I've gotten off to that I I'm like, I would never participate in like, like, what the fuck? Oops. Like, you know what I mean? And I do think you have to check yourself because I think there's some fucking evil shit. I do. I do think there are lines that are crossed where it is. I don't feel like it has a good energy attached to it, but let's not go there and let's just stay on topic. Whatever it is, you can find out more. I, you could deep dive as porn you know, history, or you could just have a healthy conversation (laughs) with him and see how he responds. He could feel really uncomfortable. He could feel called out. He could feel so many different things. He could feel exposed. I think coming from a place of love is your best option and the best way he's going to feel safe to share things with you if that is the kind of atmosphere you want to create for him, which easier said than done when you feel, if you feel betrayed, if you feel betrayed, maybe you don't feel betrayed at all. Maybe you're just worried that something's going on that you don't know about that could possibly be betraying you. And if you're in a relationship with this person, you have every right to ask. And I think also like prefacing it with a, hey, you are who you are. I don't want secrets in our relationship. I hope we have that mutual respect and understanding and you deserve to be your most authentic self. And I am just kind of weirded the fuck out. No, 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 no. Scratch that line. You could be like, what kind of porn are you into? What do you, what arouses you? Are you into like male, male, female? Would you ever like be into that? See what he says. If he denies it, then I would... Really? Well, that January 23rd at 4 p.m. I would probably do it the wrong way, but maybe he'll, you know, giggle and be like, yeah, that is really hot. And then the conversation can continue and you just get more and more information. And if you're into male, male, female, then bingo was his name. Oh, and it sounds like you're about to have a really good time. But I had this little funny feeling that maybe you're like, mm, nope. 
I wasn't because you mentioned infections. And so this just goes to the point of regardless if you're married, you should get checked for STDs because sometimes people are liars or they live double lives or they are pieces of shit. Yeah. So there's that. And to this listener, maybe he's not gay. Maybe he is bi. Maybe he is discovering things that turn him on that he had no idea about. So look at it like how would you want him to approach you if it was you? That's That would probably be the best, most mature way, I would think. Let me know how it goes because that is interesting. Are we ready to dive into the anus? Here we go. Deep dive into the butthole. So, anal play. You know, your anus is packed full with nerve endings. So that with being taboo, it can make it intimidating and it can make it fucking fun and sexy and erotic and there's no penetration required, okay? So... Jumping right into anal sex, which is just not a good idea all around, all of all of fucking around, even going to the butthole, got to be aroused. You've got to be aroused. And I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. The asshole is not self-lubricating. So lube is a requirement. Spit can be for aesthetics and kink and being dirty. That is not your actual lube. Stop it grow up. So let's start off by talking about the men pleasing their women and women stay open-minded. Okay. I know some of y'all, my girls, they're just like, they know, and they're like, they're down. They're just down. They know it feels amazing. They love it. That's, that's their come button. That's their come button. If you know, you know, and to the girls that don't know, I'm going to enlighten you. And I want you to stay open-minded could be really fucking fun for you and open up a whole new world that you can take your sweet, sweet time navigating. Men, you're going to take your sweet, sweet time navigating. And this just added a fucking new layer, a new basic in your closet, in your sex life. So lube is a must. And you know Uber lube is the truth, the way, and the life. And that is the lube that I will always and forever be using on my butthole, period. So I would recommend a silicone-based clean ingredient lube for the butthole. And if you're like a dirty phobic person and you want a finger condom, okay, do I, am I judging you a little bit secretly? A little bit. And I think if you go near her asshole, you should know what comes with that. And like it is her butthole. And ladies, I know you do not want to be gross. You're like, that does not make me feel sexy to know that something like disgusting. I don't need to elaborate and say what that means could happen because there's so many things that could happen that I just don't want to. Even if it was so, so minute, like small, I would just die. So there are a few ways to, you know, keep it clean. You could give yourself an enema, have your partner give you an enema, which I've never done and I really don't want to do, honestly. And it sounds like that would ruin my day, possibly the next two days. So I don't want to do that. And I've never had 
some traumatizing experience. And I just make sure I'm clean, freshly showered. And when I shower, I do a Vero, a Vero. I was mixing very and thorough. <laughs> Vero, a Vero clean, a very thorough clean. Very thorough. Thorough. Okay. And then make sure you don't have to go to the bathroom right before you do it because that would be awkward and weird and I just don't recommend and I can't imagine someone thinking that's a good idea. And if you're a man, if I'm the, to the men who are like, you know what, I want my wife to finger my ass or eat my ass or do something to my asshole, you better go above and beyond. <laughs> Is this mean? Is this mean? You better go above and beyond. You need to nair it, wear it, and scare. I don't know. You need, it needs to be edible. So don't deliver some rainforest of terror because don't you do that to her. Don't you do that to her. And if she doesn't even care, like I don't, I don't know those women. I've heard of them. I think I've seen a video where you're like, they don't care. You know, they're not me, and but I have respect for them. I hold, you know, a space of like, wow, you know, you really don't give a fuck. And I feel like a lot of different thoughts would be going on in my head during what you were doing. And so for that, that's willpower. Mind over matter. Congratulations. But I'm going to speak for most of the girlies and say that, Make it a place that we're not afraid to go to. That's all I'll say. There we go. There we go. Now, men, I know you're excited, but just know the more turned on she is, the better it's all going to go. And when you incorporate anal play, you should be doing it when you're doing the other stuff you normally do. So it feels really good to be having sex and be having sex and then he sneak a finger around there from whichever position you're in. You can be in missionary, you can be cowgirl, you can be dog, you can be bent over, you can be in any position and he could be with his finger massaging, entering, stimulating your asshole and that can progress throughout the sexual experience. It doesn't have to be just on your focused on your butthole because what makes it such a pleasurable thing, I think, is adding it to the sex you're already having. Your clit being rubbed, you being fucked, adding that in just takes it to a whole nother level. When I was talking about butter wellness a minute ago, it's like the guys that have experienced getting a blowjob while she either rubs his taint, gooch, his asshole, or slightly even inserts a finger, he will say that that nut was different. That one hit different. And now he's a believer. And now he's a changed man. And now he's a secure man. Unless he's like, don't tell anyone ever. And then you're like, really? Like, embrace that that felt really good. It's just your normal human body. It doesn't make you gay because you <laughs> because you like your girl to do that to you. Like, no, no shame. Just brush that right off your shoulders, okay? That is not the narrative. It's just awesome pleasure you're experiencing. 
Ladies, maybe you're a big fan of your vibrator. Instead of keeping your vibrator up at your clit, which you know what I say about that, if you listen to this podcast, that you got to like give it a rest on the clit. I don't want your clit to get addicted or reliant or codependent on your vibrator. And if you know what I'm saying, then you fucking know what I'm saying. And you need to detox because you are not fucked. You may think you are because you're like, wait, every time I try to get off without it, I can't. It shall return, but you can't break the cycle by just relying on the vibe every time. So you will have to like withdraw from your vibrator essentially. But go ahead and stick that bad boy at your back door or have your lovely husband do so. And that is a great way to incorporate anal play without having to have your butthole entered. And you still get this pleasurable experience. And I think a lot of women will find once they start really enjoying and getting into that, they're like, put something up there now, please put something up there now. So it can be gradual and keeping it wet and lubed up and men use your tongue. I, I said, don't just rely on the spit because I believe that lube is a fundamental part of the process, but using your tongue to really stimulate those nerve endings when you're eating her out, including her asshole, lift her up like you are licking the bowl clean and the back of her asshole is the bottom of the bowl. Maybe there are some women shaking their head vigorously. No, please don't tell him to do <laughs> to do that. So, you know. I'm speaking to some, I'm not speaking to everyone, but I believe deep in my heart that if you let him just get there with a little fingy, just a little fingy action while he was fucking you or eating you out, you might be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised at how your body reacts and what you start to desire. Say your goal is to, you want to know what it's like to have anal sex and it be enjoyable and you have not had a successful attempt or try, go at it. It's just been an N-O. The second he gets a little bit in, it's just extraordinarily too painful and you, you reject it. Your body rejects it. So funny. I do think the mind, the mental part of it is so like such a big deal. I also know that breath work is your best friend when you're uncomfortable, but truly the most uncomfortable. And when I have to utilize like breath work and getting out of my head and feeling like I'm almost like getting ready for something to be able to get through the part that hurts, I feel like that's so of avoidable and that we don't even have to do that. And I had a conversation. I can't wait for this interview to come out with Nicoletta. She hosts the podcast Lutz and Scholars. That'll be coming out soon. She was like, we as women are used to like pain and sex being associated with one another because that happens so often. And it's like an air quote, a normal thing to us when it's not supposed to be normal and that's not how it's supposed to be. And when you're doing things the right way and when you're careful or you like know how to go about it to get to a place where you can just free for all it, you can do that with a lot less pain. I bet you a million bucks. And we had a good conversation. Stay tuned for that episode. But with that being said, anal sex doesn't have to be like that. And I know 
that it is a lot because we're rushing to that. I know time permitting, you're married. You're like, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, working up to this for 45 minutes. But I think if you really are wanting to try to do it, you might as well fucking commit to it and set the time aside. And so if he's starting out with warming up your asshole in whichever way that is, fingers, maybe you experiment with anal beads. You insert them, pull them out as she's climaxing. Maybe she'll love it. Maybe she's now an anal beads gal. Uh, But in regards to fingering, you'll notice that the asshole, the muscle, will start to relax in the more aroused she is, or you are, if I'm talking to you ladies, that the more you're present and you are enjoying what's going on. So if you really like your clip being stimulated, that should be going on. Like he should be fucking you, passionately kissing, having a grand old time, and your asshole could be a part of this whole play. You'll notice instead of being hyper-focused and aware of what's going on down there, that you've loosened up and you don't even know necessarily what he's doing and how he's doing it, but it feels really great with all the other sensations and action going on. In my opinion, that's the best way to go about it with a lot of other action going on and kissing and touch and it not just being like you're laying there and he's just finger blasting you in the asshole. Sorry that I painted such a picture, but that's not what I have in mind for anal play. To each their own. Now, flipping the script for men or women who are like, I really want to find my man's G-spot. Like, that sounds like a fun adventure to spice it up and add something new that we've never really done. You brave, brave woman. Well, you both got to be, you know, down consenting, you know, willing (laughs) to participate. If he's like, stay the fuck away from there, then he doesn't want you down there. Okay. And sir, if you can tell her like, stay the fuck away from there, then she can say, stay the fuck away from there, you know, too, because it's your butthole and your butthole only. But hey, maybe you're like, you know what? I'm already to spice it up. I've heard all this great stuff, facts, trending news, the butter wellness massager, all this stuff about the G-spot, male G-spot, then shit, I should try it maybe. Maybe I'm really missing out, which I actually do think that. I do think you're missing out. I think life is too damn short for you not to experience a little G-spot stimulation, a little perineum massager. So in that case, I say take it slow. Start with, you know, external and then gradually with a finger, you don't even have to go past your first knuckle. Maybe, you know, you can communicate during this and he can go enough and breathe. I would suggest breath or breathe. Don't hold your breath, men. Don't hold your breath. Lube and ladies, if you're doing this, don't have long nails. Like you want to have short round nails in my opinion and I'm sure in his opinion as well. Now I know there's some long nail baddies out there that are like I beg to differ and you know good for you. Good for you. Sounds fucking gross to me. A long nail. <laughs> Getting a little gaggy thinking about it. And as far as 
like how the wind, because I told the guys they can be doing all what they normally do while incorporating anal play with their wife. For the ladies, how can you incorporate it? Because you're like, okay, if I'm on missionary, if I'm on the bottom and he's fucking me, what am I going to do? Reach around? Like, it's like I'm tinier. Like, I can't do the reach around. It's not working. So that it that doesn't work then. And that sounds really not sexy for some reason. So giving him head, that's how I made that reference earlier about the kind of orgasm a man has when receiving oral while his G-spot is being stimulated. This is the the classic, the go-to, the one that works, easily accessible, gets the job done. You could, if you were like, I don't want to put my mouth on it, you could give him a hand job while using the other hand in the anal region. And if you want to start or he feels most comfortable starting with a taint massage, that's a bit of pressure, and you can play around with speed, intensity, circular motion, tapping, and gauge what's going on. Men, don't fucking be a mute and breathe <laughs> and breathe. Ladies that regularly stimulate their man's G-spot, what is a position besides giving head and doing it. Maybe a little under action. Maybe he's on his knees and your head to his dick. So like feet away from him, like under him, like fucking about to get teabagged basically. And you reach around with your hand or you could be on your knees, reverse cowgirl with him laying. So not on your knees, like sitting on his dick, but on your knees on the bed so they're comfortable protect the kneecaps and you could just fit a finger right down there but I don't know how that will go with the bouncing and like do you really have access to know what you're doing that one sounds a little bit dangerous <laughs> honestly so scratch that hope you're paying attention and you didn't just like log that subconsciously and you just totally missed the part where I said never mind wouldn't that be funny if someone was like great idea turn it off go does it like scratches him, gives him an anal fissure, and you continue on. And I'm like, never mind, though. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Don't forget about merch launching tomorrow. Don't forget about merch launching tomorrow. Set an alarm. 8 a.m. Pacific time. And I'm so excited. Please subscribe to the show. If you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you click the little check mark in the right upper side of the screen when you look up the show or you click the show. Or if you're on Spotify, click follow. You can leave a rating on Spotify. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave five stars and write a review. That helps me so much and helps other people find and hear about the show also, if you are an audio erotica fan, the Patreon's the perfect place for you. Or if you just want to support the podcast, dirty new stories are uploaded every week. So that link will be in the episode notes along with all the other shit we talked about today. And I will see you all next Monday. Love you long time. <laughs>